We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, all right, all right. So we have a bunch of recruiting questions. Again, mailbag questions, throw them in the chat. It could be we can uh, cover recruiting, obviously, if you want to cover any other Notre Dame topics, anything at all. Let's get it working, man. So from Tyler Misguided Passion Binge. (laughs) Tyler, I saw this in the chat earlier, man. I wanted to make sure I commented on it, but it's the most fantastic new name on YouTube in YouTube history. Said mailbag question. Do you think Coach Marcus Freeman's opening comments were to try and signal to outsiders and recruits that Notre Dame isn't in a bad situation as the truth? I don't agree, but I can see that angle. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
I mean, Tyler, this is my whole conversation. I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what Sean's what Sean's perspective is on this because we talked a little bit about it before the show, but we didn't get like super in depth on this. So, for people that didn't hear the press conference today, there was open availability for Marcus Freeman and Jared Parker. Obviously, introducing Jared Parker officially as the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, former tight end coach at the University of Notre Dame, is now transitioning up to the offensive coordinator. And Marcus Freeman spent the large portion of his first, the first part of his conversation kind of debunking some of the rumors, right, Sean? I mean, he had kind of talked about, you know, I have full support from all the administration, Jack Swarbrick, everyone. There's some bad information put out there. And, and Brian and I will talk more about this tomorrow. You know, there's not full honesty on Coach Freeman's part, if we're being completely honest with ourselves. But regardless, Sean, and I would love to hear your insight on this, I thought that Marcus Freeman was in an impossible situation with this press conference today. It's impossible. You can't, I mean, you can't badmouth your the person that employs you, right? Like you can't badmouth them. You have a job, you like your job, you need to keep that side of the, the coin happy, right? You, you don't poop where you eat, right? Isn't that isn't that a saying? You don't do that, right? So he wasn't gonna come out there and be like, I don't have full support of of you know from the administration. Like he's not gonna say that. I do think he steered a little too far one way in one direction. I think you could have handled it a little more political. But at the end of the day, Marcus Freeman was never going to badmouth the administration, and he shouldn't, right? Mm -hmm. That would be like me on the podcast. If something happened behind the scenes and me and Brian had a a disagreement, let's say a verbal altercate, whatever, someone asked me about it, and I was like, oh, Brian didn't have my back. He's a terrible boss. It's stupid. Why would I do that for one? It's dumb yeah. for anybody in that situation. It would not be smart. So do I think Mark Stream was truthful in every comment he'd said? No, I don't. But do I think that he had to do it the way he did it? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not quite once to, to as far as one side, but like he had to stand up for his boss. He had to, what was he going to say? Right? Like yeah. at the end of the day, he's an employee and he needs to, he needs to act as such in my opinion. Man, it reminds me of my relationship with my dad. And, you know, we're so open that I can tell my dad, like, come on, man, that's that's mom talking. Like, if, if he has an issue or he has to make a statement about something, I can tell when my mom has come to him and said, man, you need to talk to Sean and figure out what's going on. You know, because when he starts talking to me, I'm like, okay, this is sounding like mom. This doesn't even sound like you. Like, what's 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 really going on? And that's the that's the feeling I got today. I didn't. I'm like, yo, this isn't Marcus. Like the 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 just there were certain things was like, okay, this Marcus is always cool, calm. And he just kind of got out of outside of himself and his personality a little bit today. And that for me, that was the first telltale. And I kind of felt like, okay, this, you know, you're using the same words that were used in that email. Like, come on now. Like you're using the same phrases that it came from that email. And that, no, if you're gonna go ahead and fall on the sword or take the bullet or whatever other phrase. You might want to use, do it like Sinatra, do it your way. 
Yeah. Do it in do it in your own words. Make make it seem a little more authentic, right? Uh, abso- yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. So from that standpoint, I was I just felt like, okay, these it's like you said, it was unfortunate. He should not have been in that position. Honestly, I felt like somebody else should have been standing in front of the microphone. And you could tell it was uncomfortable because it was unsolicited. Yes. Like yeah, you it's felt like someone asked about it. You right? felt like you felt yeah, like yeah. the question was coming and he kind of just jumped the gun, like, let me just go ahead and say it. You know, and it's like you know. It, fe- it felt forced, right, Sean? I think that's a good way to put it. Like it felt very forced, didn't it? Like it was just like I don't know if he wanted to talk about this. And I agree, because I think someone said in the chat. Marcus Freeman is a cool cat, man. He's a cool customer. He is and very he eloquent has, speaker. He has been 100% transparent, sometimes yes. too transparent since he's taken the job. Yep. And I feel like that was used by, by those at Notre Dame, knowing that to go ahead and pretty much Say what was already, what was said was already said in the email. Yeah, and if the email what didn't suffice for Notre Dame fans, I don't know what today does. Yeah, I, I think they banked on the fact that most people trust Marcus Freeman. Yeah, and I, that's just I, it. I just felt he. I just thought he looked very uncomfortable with that whole portion of the of the comp, uh, new press conference, Sean. Like. For me, like we talked about it before the show, right? If I'm Marcus Freeman, again, I'm not going to upset the people that that are my employers. I'm going to say very politically that, you know, the whole circumstance is what it is. I believe I have the full support of everyone behind me, all the administration, and we're moving forward and we're happy with the product that we have and we're excited about the future of Notre Dame football. That's all you have to say. Right. We know what happens. I think the people yep. know what actually happened. Right. The, for the most part, I think the perception is what it is at this point. But unfortunately, Marcus Freeman did have, have to fall on the sword a little bit. And I think he maybe fell a little harder than he should have, <laughs> to be honest. But regardless, no, he, he was an impossible He didn't fall on the sword. He used the sword today. True. That, true. that was the that was the surprising part. Not that he fell on the sword. He decided to pick the sword up and use it. Mm-hmm. And that was a little shocking. Yeah. Because I think we all anticipated, you know, if he were if he were to be asked about it, we were anticipating what the answer would be. Like, we're not. Like, you just gave all the reasons. We didn't expect today to be a lambasting of... Jack Swarbrick, administrators. It, it couldn't be. It couldn't like, be. Come yeah. on. Like, what did we talk? No one expected that. Yeah. But, you know, to say what he said, then to double down, and then to use the same phrases that were used in the email, it's like, okay. All yeah. right. Okay. But at the end of the day, it's over with. I know we have to talk about it again tomorrow because I know Brian wants to talk about it, but I'm just moving forward, man. I have closure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have. I, I know you guys have to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I well, got and someone just said, how could you not comment on it, though? It wasn't that he commented on it. We're saying how we commented on it. That's all. Like, it's just, 
whatever. All right, let's move on, man. At the end of the day, Jared Parker's offense coordinator. I'm hoping for the absolute best. I feel like the the process to get to where we are was not smooth. It was bumpy. It was ridiculous at times. But at the end of the day, I'm going to pull for this program to be the very best it can be. That's that's all it is. And I expected him to. I expected him his stance to be exactly what it was today. It couldn't be anything else. You can't throw your your employers under the bus. You can't throw an administration under the bus. That's the point blank to it. I didn't expect mm-hmm. him to do that. I think it's silly to expect him to have done that. Just is what it is. Yeah. All right. So let's move on here, Sean. And hopefully we don't have any more. I mean, we'll probably have more of these questions at some points. But oh wait, here we go. <laughs> we got more of these questions. All right. Johnny from the boot, Sean. I'm going to start with you on this one since we're just kind of hashing out the same things. Did y'all think Marcus Freeman looked ill tired? Obviously, I don't see him every day, but he looks pretty beat. I imagine if so, it's because of the latest drama. Well, tired is fair because I miss mean, a lot going on. You know, you lose the O line coach, you lose the offensive coordinator, extensive search for your OC. However, you want to character want to characterize what happened last week. That's a lot. That's a lot mentally. That's a lot to deal with. Being stuck in between a lot of different facets, you know, in South Bend or at Notre Dame, and then on top of that, still having to feel the O line coach. Now having to think about possible defections of other coaches if they decide to go to the NFL or other places. Yes, it's a lot, and you know sitting down talking to Matt Bayless every day, figuring out what's going on with your players and just being a head coach to young men yeah, on a daily basis and having to be available to them. It's, it's a lot. Like it makes me think like, how do parents that have more than one child survive? <laughs> I only have one and it's a lot. You're I'll about to have you, a second one. I was about to say, I'm, I'm going to let you know in a few months, I guess, but yeah, I mean, that's one thing, Sean, Marcus Freeman has a lot on his plate just a off lot. of being the head coach at yeah. University of Notre Dame, man. He's dealing with recruiting. He's dealing with filling a coaching staff. He's fe- dealing with helping with player development, off-season yeah. strategies, yeah. all those things, man. That is exhausting. Coaching is yeah. not for everyone, man. It's yeah. not. It, I mean, I was a high school assistant coach, and I sometimes was like, man, I'm a little stressed a little too thin right now, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to do that. And he's he has – that working. He's also the father of what? Six children? Does he, does he have six kids? Man. On top of being a, a, a husband, obviously, it's got yeah. a lot happening for him right now, man. So, yeah. Do, do I think that he looked a little tired? Yes. And I don't know how he could have looked anything differently, man. He's probably a little Facts. aggravated. Facts. He's probably a little aggravated. He's probably a little agitated and he's probably exhausted. And he should be because that is a lot of stuff going on, man. So, Props to Coach Freeman because I couldn't get through what he's getting through right now. Uh, just general, like I can't imagine. I'm having like I'm having like impulses right now, Sean. It's like, oh my god, I'm about to have two children. To your point, right? He's got six kids and he's a husband on top of being the head coach of the University of Notre Dame. Like what, man? It's, it's, a, it's <laughs> a lot. It's yeah. a lot. And I'm I'll be honest with you. Um, I I immediately recognized what was happening in the moment and emotionally I kind of just understood everything is a choice in life. Yes. You know, we all choose how to handle things, you know, in life. And sometimes we mishandle things or we could have handled it a better way. You know, some people might agree that 
things could have been handled differently today. And some might agree that it was handled fine, but what needed to take place. It's over. Like, it's closure. Fortunately, I have no emotional attachment to the situation to whereas I'm like really upset about it to that degree. But yeah, I, I just feel like for the fan base, for the fan base, that was not it. Because basically you just regurgitated what the, the same thing that the email said. That's the way it came across. You use the same phrases, and it's like Notre Dame and this fan base would have been very happy with Marcus Freeman and his genuine self handling the situation that way. That's that's it. Just, just be genuine. Like, yo, this is our new OC. We went through an extraneous process. You know, we got to this point. We didn't know that the road was going to turn and, and lead us to this final destination, but we're here. And it was yep. sometimes bumpy, you yes. know. <laughs> A lot but of times hey, bumpy, but yeah. But, but we're here. And everybody would have definitely understood what he was saying. He didn't have to throw anybody under the bus. That's true. It's like, yo, we're Notre Dame. We're Notre Dame. We're moving forward. We're going to continue to recruit at the highest level. We're going to continue to play football at the highest level. We're going to continue to educate at the highest level. You could have done all of that. You want to elevate Notre Dame today? You could have done all of that simply in a totally different way. Totally different way. Agree. Regardless, Sean, I'm happy for Coach Parker. I'm excited for Coach Parker. And I didn't want, again, because we're only talking about the opening, opening comments from Marcus Freeman, and I, I totally get why we're having this conversation. But at the end of the day, this was about Coach Parker today, right? About the next era of Notre Dame offensive coordinator at you know for the Irish, and I hope he does a great job. I really do, and I'm happy for him, and I know that he's excited about it. So I like the combination of him and Gino Gadouli, yeah, better than having Tommy over everything. And then the quarterbacks not really having someone that they can go to to work with them, especially if they're not on the field getting reps. Like now they have someone specifically that they can talk to. And now, you know, with it being um, a full conversation with the offensive staff, Jared Parker can go ahead and start lining up teams week to week and make sure that he starts to install what he needs to install by the time the spring starts. And it's yeah. as simple as that. Do I think that some of the language is going to stay the same? Yes. I think you and Brian did a great job last week talking about how the running game was probably going to be a little bit more diverse this year. Not as much duo, even though duo will be there, some outside zones, some inside zone. And I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I was thoroughly excited when they announced that that combination was coming to Notre Dame. And yes. I'm still excited. Still excited. The, yeah, the, the Gino Gadouli uh, conversation, Sean, I think that adds a really interesting wrinkle into it. And I'm excited mm-hmm. about that, man, because I look and I'm like, what he did with Desmond Ritter? Can you yeah. imagine what he could do with some of the guys in their games roster? Like, I'm excited Absolutely. about that. I am. Absolutely. I think he's a really good quarterback coach, and I am looking forward to seeing what he's able to do. Yeah. 
We had a question from DJ who said, mailbag, Ty Anthony Smith, what kind of realistic chance does Notre Dame have? You might have covered it by the time you get to the mailbag. We actually did not feature Ty Anthony Smith. DJ, I, I did a little bit more of guys that were offered, you know, more a couple weeks ago, comparative Ty, Ty Anthony, who was just offered this past week. I had him in this week's recruiting, uh, recruiting roundup that I put out last night. Ty Anthony's a very talented football player. He's out of the state of Texas as well. Realistic, I, I again, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I talked to Ty Anthony. I, he had a lot of good things to say about Notre Dame, but at the end of the day, like the offer just came. So I need to see, you know, is he going to get on campus? He doesn't have plans to do so yet. You know, does he, how, how good of a relationship does he develop in a short amount of time? Like there's a lot of different conversation points that need to happen before I could say, yes, he's a great fit with Notre Dame. Yes, Notre Dame is high on his list. Like you just don't know yet. Well, so Check back in with future updates. I'm sure probably this time next week, I'll have a great update for you as far as, you know, if he has a visit set up and all that great stuff, but just a little early with Ty Anthony Smith. Interesting question here from timeout, timeout, Tom, I almost turned British there for a second, Sean. I don't know what happened there from timeout, Tom. (laughs) I thought it would take Nolan Ziegler an extra year to pop, but it seems he might be the first and potentially have the highest ceiling. Do you agree? So I guess, Sean, I guess we're talking about the 2022 linebacker group, which is, of course, Jalen Sneed, Nolan Ziegler, Joshua Burnham, who's now playing Viper, and Junior Tuey Lamaku, who's also playing a lot of Viper. So what do we what pop pop as far as becoming? I, I guess like legit production just, is how I'm taking like reps. Just yes. getting on the field consistently? Reps and production, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not shocking. It's not well, shocking. You know, I, I, think, I think the position – We'll point back to something that Al Golden said, or as Marcus Freeman said about Al Golden when he took the job, and uh, how shocked Al Golden was at how intelligent the players are. But then he went on to talk about how much they're learning that they didn't know. And a lot of people were like, oh, wow. And only to come to find out that you're giving more information to players that already were questionable about how fast they play, particularly in space. And then we fast forward to this year where it was almost a season of, like you have your freshmen and your development and your talent, but then you have things on your roster that you inherit that you have to find out, right? Maris had to play a full year healthy for them to find out, like, okay. That's why towards the end of the season, and you see him in pictures now with the defensive line and Al Washington on social media, like, I think they saw, okay. Because they hadn't seen him for a full year. He couldn't stay healthy. So the greatest thing that happened was that Maris stayed healthy. Got a full evaluation for them to find out. This is what we can do with him. This is how we can use him to the best of his ability to make us a better team. And I think the same goes for, uh, I think J.D. Bertrand, for some reason, it clicked like after week seven. Yeah. And I think that was when he came back from injury, right? Yes. He came back so. from, when he came back from injury, like something clicked and he played fantastic down the stretch and to have him as a leader coming back next year if he can continue that trend 
that bodes well because now you have Ziegler and Prince Colley and all of those guys playing next to a guy that can do most of the thinking out there on defense, right? Like, that's your quarterback. He's sending the signals. You guys just go play. Yeah. Just go be natural and play. And that's the advantage. So from a linebacker standpoint, I think Coach Freeman, I'm not, Coach Freeman never wanted to sacrifice his youngsters and their development, their full development, just because they might have been quicker and faster. Like, of course, you can see they're quicker and faster and, and all of the physical attributes. But that was the question. Like, do you rush? And we just talked this about Kingston, right? Yeah. Right? Does he go to USC where he knows I can play? Like, there's he can go play he's, right now. He's, he's probably, he's probably a starter day one, man. Day yeah. one. He's yeah. a starter yeah. day one. So do I go there yeah. because I know I can get on the field? Or sure. do I go to a place where I know my development is going to be put at a premium rather than just putting me on the field, you know, because of the numbers and things of that nature? So I think that was the benefit. Like, having the guys they had was a benefit for the young guys he had. It's a benefit for me. And I think Nolan Ziegler at another program probably pops halfway through the season if he goes to another school. But yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. Because we, yeah. we watched him. Yeah. We watched him. I don't know if you were there. I think I was there with Vince. And Vince and I both walked away from a practice over the summer. And we're like, we both were like, Josh Burnham is going to be a dude. Yeah. Like his first step is bananas. And I was just like, okay. I didn't even know they had switched him <laughs> over. And I saw his first step. I was like, okay. You could just tell he was just too small. Yeah. He was just small at that point. Like he didn't have the strength, some other things to be able to get around guys. So he was strictly trying to run around guys on his pass rush, you know, because he was quick and he had speed. But once he came around, then he had to come back because the quarterback had stepped up in the pocket. Now, you saw him when you were at Syracuse, and the first thing you text back to us was, yo. He looked massive, man. This dude, Josh Burnham, is massive. So now we start to see everything come together. And this linebacker class in 22 and 23, I think, I think this is probably the season they really start to pop, as Tom was talking about. Well, Sean, you saw Burnham in that picture at the banquet sitting next to Foskey, right? Yeah. Foskey was right around six foot five at the senior bowl and 262 uh-huh. pounds. And he looked right there with the man. Right I'm like, oh, yeah. oh. Joshua Burnham might be a legit like 245 this year. Like he might man. be that type of dude, man. He's gaining weight quickly. He might be 250. I don't know. I don't know how much weight he's gonna put on, but he looks good. That's we'll really be good on, we'll be honest, right? That's the type yeah. of vibe you get when you watch Cooper Flanagan's film. Yeah. Right. You watch his defensive film this year. Yeah. You're like, okay, if the numbers are okay in the tight end room, <laughs> like, I know if I was on the defensive side of the ball, I would be fighting for him. Oh, quick update on that, Sean. I actually talked to Cooper yesterday and the day before. Guess how much he weighs now? Guess how much he weighs? Uh, let's see. I'm going to say 247. 255 is up to really? 255. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guy, man. He's he. Yep. So he. So Cooper Flanagan is taken off of any sport in the winter or into the spring. He's just getting ready for football, man. Yeah. He's up to 255 pounds already. 
that dude might be legit 260 as a freshman tight end, which is pretty wild to think about. But yes, sir. Um, Nolan Ziegler, though, Sean, for me, I think he's a very interesting modern linebacker because he came to Notre Dame. I mean, he was initially a rover, right? And he was like 6'3, 205, 210. Apparently, he's up to like 230 pounds, man. Mm-hmm. Like he's big kid now, right? So he can play Will. I wouldn't be shocked if Nolan Ziegler, maybe a year from now, is Mike in Notre Dame system. Like, I wouldn't be shocked about that at all, right? With the with the athleticism and the size he has. Very interesting player, Tom. So is it unrealistic? I don't think it's unrealistic. It could happen. It could happen. I mean, we'll see how kind of the spring and into the fall works out. But, I mean, the kid's impressive. I mean, now he's 6'3", yeah. 230 pounds, length, athleticism. Like, I mean, it could happen. It could happen. I think that sophomore class is going to be huge for this team too, Sean, especially defense. They have to be. They have to be. They have to be. You need Burnham to do, you know, to give you a lot of reps at Viper potentially, or at least some reps at Viper. Maybe Aiden Gabayra is in that conversation. You talk about Tyson Ford maybe taking a step up. You talk about Jay Mickey taking a step forward. You talk about the linebackers, Jalen Sneed. Like there's a lot of hope for that defensive class. There is a lot of potential to be – like, I guess it's probably a better comp, but to be to approach pass rushing like Georgia, yeah, like Georgia doesn't. Georgia just comes at you in waves, man. They just come at you in waves defensively. It's particularly coming off the edge, right? And they don't have. Who was the last great? Was Leonard Floyd? Was like no, Leonard Floyd really didn't even play off the edge like that. What do you mean, man? They just had the number one overall pick last year. Your boy Trevon Walker. <laughs> Stop playing with me, man. <laughs> now you you were petty for that one. That, I was, that was petty for that. One. That was Ryan being petty, just in case you guys didn't. Know. So but shocking so, that he had so shocking that he had three and a half sacks as a rookie. Who would have thought that was going to happen? <laughs> And they have great players, but they just come at you in waves. And I think Notre Dame, if they can have – if you can get four or five guys to get you five or six sacks yeah, off the edge, like that's <laughs> – Oh, you want a great trivia question, Sean? Great yeah. trivia question, okay? The 2021 National Championship Georgia team, so two years ago, 2021-2022 season, that Georgia team had – Jordan Davis, Devontae yes. Wyatt, both went yes. in the first round. Jalen Carter, Carter, who's going to be a top five pick this year. Right. They also had Adam Anderson, who was a yes. dog before he got the off-the-field issues. Mm-hmm. Nolan Smith, who's going to get drafted this year. They also right. had Trayvon Walker. Yes. Who was the leading sacker on that football team? Was it the Beal kid? Robert Beal was the leading sacker. On that 2021 team, oh, man. Trying to be himbo. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, that defensive line is going to have four first-round picks on it. Another Nolan Smith who's probably going to go on day two. And Adam yeah. Anderson was going to be a first-round pick if he didn't have the off-the-field off stuff. The troubles, yeah. And yet Robert Beal was their leading sacker in the 2021-2022 season. Yeah, Great stat, yeah. man. Great, yeah. great stat. Yeah. One that I – who all right, extra credit? Ready? Ready for this extra credit? Who was their leading tackler? Mm. That's, see, that's a trick question because I would definitely go with number 17 right off the bat. 
Not in, I, not, not in Kobe Dean. Nope. No, because I know that's too easy. That's too <laughs> way easy. too easy. Yeah. I'm going to say the leading tackler was the guy that's currently playing safety for the Minnesota Vikings. Lewis Seen is your answer? Seen <laughs> was the first round pick of the, of the Minnesota of the Vikings. Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is, I'm looking, your answer? I'm, Heck, wait a minute. Or was it the linebacker that the Kobe Dean was screaming at in the championship game? Oh, we talking about Channing Tindall? Yes. Third round draft pick of the Miami Dolphins? Is that your final answer? I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with Seen. I'll just stick with Seen. You you stuck correctly. It is Lewis Seen. Lewis Seen oh. is the tackler for that team. <laughs> Couple of great trivia questions, folks. If you you know if you're doing a little bit of drinking one night and you want to ask a little bit of random college football trivia, there you go. Leading sacker on that Georgia team was Robert Beal. Leading tackler was Lucene. Always gets always funny. Always funny. How did we get there from timeout? Tom's question, by the way, that was wild. No, great question. Got Tom. Great question. It was a great question. That was a long conversation. I don't know how we got there. From We Are Not Marshall, Sean, a question for you. Any word from Justin Scott? I know he – Yeah, uh, I talk yeah. to him just about every week. Uh, we don't talk Notre Dame right now. All we talk now is basketball. That's it. I haven't talked to him about Notre Dame since our last conversation, the week of leading up to his birthday. You know, um, Notre Dame is where they've always been until he takes visits. So I know he has one to Georgia and the breakdown of Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State is probably going to come after Georgia. So I would venture to say hopefully Notre Dame gets the last shot. If, if they get the last and, shot, and I still feel really good about it, right? Like, yeah. yeah, but we've been talking about basketball because they played – Man, they've pretty much played three classic high school basketball games, like back to back to back. They came down to like the last possession against like ranked teams, and they're ranked. So it's that's been our conversations, just laughing about games and you know seeing the games, things like things like that. Just keeping the conversation open yeah. and like, because no kid wants to constantly talk about the same thing over and over again so yeah that, that's a that's a nice little tidbit for uh recruiting people out there right how do you how do you not get intel uh just talk about just nothing but football <laughs> that's how you don't get any intel. <laughs> oh it's so funny um sean i have to ask you i feel like i may have asked you this before but i can't remember is justin scott a football player that plays basketball or is he a hooper no, he's a football player that plays basketball. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I so he's think just down there doing the dirty work, doing all that good stuff. Yeah. No, he's he's athletic now. Yeah, he's athletic, but he is, yeah, rebounds, physical presence, all of that. He's and he's, they have a young team, you know. So he's one of the leaders on that team as well. So. Yeah, nice. but it's crazy because they, they bring back the majority of that team next year. Like, next year, I think they can literally 
have a shot to win state in football and state in basketball. I wonder if um wonder if Justin will be playing will be playing basketball next year. That'll be another conversation to have, right? Yeah. If he you know what the conversation has always been about, like, yo, not just this year, but like telling them like, yo, next year you guys can really make a run at it. And so that's always been a conversation, you know. But of course, when he makes his decision, you know, he'll have the opportunity to decide whether or not he's an early enrollee or not. So, yeah, yeah. I want to post this real quick, Sean, because it just came across, and it looks like there is verification here. So, I just want to pop this up from Johnny S, who says, "IB Nation, Jaden Mickey's mother oh, wow. is battling cancer. Please keep her in the prayers." I can post a link to GoFundMe. Yeah, I'll yeah, make sure we talk about that tomorrow as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Johnny, thank you so much. I hadn't seen that news. First of all, foremost, want to send all best wishes to the Mickey family. If you want to send that directly to me, Johnny, as well, if, you, if you're on Twitter at Rise and Draft, I'll make sure to circulate that on the premium message board as well. But Miss Mickey, we're pulling for you. I know she's a great lady. She, we both we follow each other on Twitter. Uh, she's a seems like a lovely lady. So anything we can do to support, please feel free to pass that along. So absolutely prayers and best wishes in that battle. Thank you so much again, Johnny, for making us aware of that. It's very sad. Uh, I hate stuff like that. All right. Um, man, stinks from Robert Bishop. Do you guys see CJ Carr rising in the rankings throughout the year? Uh, no, because he's a Notre Dame commit. So as long as he stays committed to Notre Dame, probably not, probably not. But I mean, in all yeah. seriousness, Robert, I mean, CJ is also, I don't know, Sean. Is he the type of guy that will really rise substantially in a in a like? I think he's just really good player, and he'll always be just rated as a very good player because I he's I just he's very nuanced. Like he's very advanced, is what I'm kind of saying. You know, he'll have the opportunity, right? Elite eleven, he gets to the finals, right? Has a good competition. That will pretty much be his opportunity, and then the seven on seven circuit, you know but I don't think it would have anything to do with what happens next fall. If he rises, it's going to be about his off season. Yeah. And unfortunately for CJ, you know, he could have the greatest off season of all time and he might still might not not rank as high because he's committed to Notre Dame. Yeah. We know how that stuff works from Matt McCarthy. I know Tylen Singleton is listed as safety by some services. Do you think he projects better at linebacker, especially in the age of all these four wide receivers spread offenses? Matt, I, I think that he can play safety, like there's no doubt, but Notre Dame is looking at him as a rover linebacker type, and I think that's exactly where he fits. I think that his kid is a modern rover. You want Absolutely. those types of kids who have that quick trigger, get downhill, better coming forward than going backward. That's why yeah. I kind of think of Tylen Singleton. So, I, Sean, I mean, he's a he's an ideal rover in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. I totally agree with everything you just said, and – um that's he. Ooh, I was about to say something. Let me think about this. Uh oh. <laughs> yes, I'll say it. Tyler Singleton is my favorite film out of the people we watched today. He might be tough for me too, man. Yeah. He's uh, uh, it's my favorite film today. Yeah, Def- yeah, yeah. He's exciting, man. He's a really yeah. exciting football player. No doubt about that. We had a question here, Sean. Interesting conversation, I believe. Jeffrey uh, DeMunk, excuse me if I pronounced that wrong. 
Do recruits question the authenticity of a coach who transfers to a new school and had recruited them before and the old school is the perfect fit for them and the new school is now the perfect fits? Hmm. I think, honestly, the authenticity of a coach for a lot of players happens pretty naturally, right? Because authenticity all the time, you can be authentic and just not click with a kid. Right. I mean, you can be authentic trying to introduce yourself to a young lady and it just doesn't work. Like authentically, that's who you are. She just didn't like you. (laughs) It's the same thing with these kids. You can be authentic as a coach, but another coach just stands out a little bit more, whether it's their personality or, you know, them having a connection geographically or knowing somebody that knows somebody. I mean, that's kind of how we got ended up with uh, Jalen Sneed, right? Marcus Freeman played with and went to school with the coach's wife and then played with the coach. That connection led to the connection with Jalen Sneed, and they built the relationship, right? So was Marcus Freeman any more authentic than all of the other coaches, than Shane Beamer or some of the other coaches that were trying to get Jalen Sneed? Probably not, but usually, you know, most coaches are all, I mean, honestly, (laughs) you just have to be a really bad person to be, to not be authentic when it comes to recruiting, man. Yes. Yes. You know, I think a lot of coaches are authentic. It's just, you know, the fits are what they are. And I think Ronan Hannafin is a perfect example. Ronan Hannafin is a perfect example. I think Notre Dame did everything they could to land Ronan Hannafin. I think Chris okay. O'Leary was all truly authentic. Truly authentic. Dabo is just – Dabo's personality just kind of makes you feel the way Ronan Hannafin wanted to feel with his college choice. You know, so – and I think Drake Bowen, Bowen was open with me about that. Like, yo, Dabo is, yo, I went to his house. I spent time in the back in the pool playing basketball. Like, he's he's very personable. Like, you see why his players love him. But Marcus Freeman, just the first time I met him, you know, like, as, as great as Dabo was, it was just something about Marcus Freeman. And I'm sure both coaches were their authentic selves. You know, you just never know what the fit or the click is going to be for that said recruit, you know, with with a particular coach. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I, I mean, I, th- I, th- I mean, for me personally, right. If a, if a coach is telling me for months and months and months that this school is a perfect fit and then they yeah. jump to a different school and they try to sell the same thing, like the, the pitch has to be different, right. It can't yeah. be the same pitch anymore Yeah, because you can't use the perfect fit thing. And one school then use the same exact pitch at another school. Like that doesn't work. That's not authentic work like at all. That. Yeah. Right. Like, but if I'm, so I'm going to use the Peyton Pierce thing for a second, right, Sean, Notre Dame is the perfect fit. James Laurinaitis is telling him, right? Perfect yeah. fit. You would fit here. You would fit, you know, fit into the system school-wise. Ohio State, look, this could still be the perfect fit for you, but in a different mm-hmm. way. It's not going to be yeah. the same as Notre Dame, but you might fit this stop, this part of it better than what you would have fit at Notre Dame. You might fit this part better. So the pitch has to be slightly different, but it could still be yeah. a perfect fit. Yeah. It's just it's going to be a little different because there's yeah. different fits that make different, you know, yeah. make sense for other people. And that's, you know, why I decided to go, you know, to talk about it in that way. Because, I mean, no, authenticity is not the question when a coach decides to go to another school. That's no. And Ryan, Ryan would tell you, it's just there are some bad people in every walk of life. (laughs) Oh, yes. Flat out. But regardless of whether or not. James Laurinaitis is at Notre Dame or at Ohio State. Peyton Pierce was locked into him. I don't think that changes because he puts on a different hat. What changes is the situation. Because what he's talking about from a Notre Dame standpoint is not the same as what he's talking about from an Ohio State standpoint. Absolutely. So, you know, does that change things? Like, because – as much as he loved James Laronitis, it was still Notre Dame. That was part of everything that he he loved, right? So now Max Bullock or whoever the next person is, which I'm sure they're going to be authentic, personable. You know, can they match or make that same feeling come alive again? So that that's not you know. It's tough, man, because I think coaches get a bum rap for trying to climb the uh, the ladder with their careers. And um, is that a perfect? You know what? I don't know. I just don't. I, I just don't see it like that. I think Peyton Pierce is probably the per- perfect, re- you know, relationship to talk about now because it's fresh. Yeah. Notre Dame is Notre Dame. Peyton Pierce loves Notre Dame. Just as he, he liked James Laronitis. James Laronitis no longer being in Notre Dame might give some pause, but it does not deconstruct everything that Notre Dame meant to Peyton Pierce. Right. And Marcus Freeman is still there. At the end of the day, Marcus Freeman is still the head coach. So, that's why I still think they have a fighter's chance for Peyton. Yeah. I don't think it's over or anything. No. Like it's just it's a conversation instead of a 
ending, right? Like at yeah. this point, that's where it kind of yeah. comes down to. Yeah. Sure. Let's bang out through a few of these quick. Cause you do got to get out of here kind of soon. I just want to entertain Tommy guns for a couple here. He says, Ryan Tylen, everything, everything you say, every time you say his name, I'm hearing Tywin as in Tywin Lannister. Maybe I'm just missing Game of Thrones. Sean, I just watched Game of Thrones again for the second time all the way through, and it's still fantastic, although the last two seasons were terrible. But, yeah, still great show. Great show. Never man. never watched a full <sighs> episode. You need to go watch it, man. It's great. One of the greatest shows of all time, Sean. It is. I man. just, man, look, I, you know how you can let something that your wife just loves and yeah. watches all the time? Yeah. It just – doesn't hit the same for you. Is your right? wife like it? Does your wife no, like it? Oh, dude. Yeah. Are you, are you <laughs> kidding me? Yeah. And she just made it. I didn't even want to watch it. It was the same thing when Scandal was on. She was like over the top of Scandal. I was like, I'm not watching one episode because you, you, you do way too much. This show is, and it's the same as because I'm so over the top about The Wire and she's never watched an episode. Wow. Of the what? I was over the top about the Sopranos. She's never watched an episode of the Sopranos. Man. And then we have our shows that we watch together. So it's, it's like that sometimes. Sean, you need to give it a second chance, man. Then you need to get uh, House of the Dragon just came out, season one. You need to watch some House of the Dragon, man. There's a lot of good TV shows out there. Tommy, good taste there, man. He also, uh, we mentioned SpongeBob earlier. So Tommy said, oh, lives in the pineapple under the sea. SpongeBob. Yes. Square pants. Yes. We had this question from Archer, 452, our resident Ohio State fan who's trying to recruit Peyton Pierce in the chat right now. Who said, Notre Dame, uh, did Notre Dame hire an offensive line coach yet? They just offered Ian Moore today. That's the offensive lineman out of New Palestine in Indiana. Given that Harry Heastan didn't view him as a take, do you think the new offensive line coach will have a different philosophy skill set to recruit to? We also had Sean. Someone else asked about Ian Moore. Here, yeah. So we're going to kind of do this as a two-parter almost. Mm-hmm. Arrow said, mailbag, speaking of new offers, what do you think of Notre Dame offering Ian Moore? Why do you think Harry didn't offer? I'm going to be very honest about this. <laughs> I'm going to watch my words. Okay. Very honest about this. Okay. Ian Moore to me, who's committed to Ohio State currently, by the way, Indiana kid. It was viewed that if Notre Dame offered Ian Moore initially, that he probably would be in Notre Dame's class right now. Harry Heastan and the Notre Dame step, I believe, or at least Harry Heastan, I guess, maybe it's different now, viewed that E.M. Moore was was good player, but maybe not that player, right? There were a couple of players that they preferred a little bit more than E.M. Moore. So they never offered because the assumption was that he would have committed if they would have mm-hmm. offered, basically, and if it was a take. I have not changed my opinion on E.M. Moore personally. I think he's a good football player. I think he's a guard. Notre Dame's recruited a lot of guards over the last couple of years. A lot of guards. He's now being touted as this, you know, potential five-star <clears throat> offensive tackle. I don't see that, man. Just don't see it. I don't see it. I think he's a good football player. I think he's a little bit overhyped on the recruiting trail. We'll see if if things change, obviously. I mean, could there be a systems conversation, Archer? <laughs> I don't think the system is going to change incredibly much. I mean, they might run a little more outside zone than they traditionally did, but I didn't really think Ian Moore was like the best mover of all time. So I don't think that that really pushes the needle. 
I think it's just more maybe the staff liked Ian Moore more than maybe Harry Heastan did. Maybe that's the conversation. But to the original question on Archer, no, they have not hired an offensive line coach yet. They're obviously going to be in that search. That's the next big piece that needs to happen and figured out here pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, Sean. I, I don't know if you've watched Ian Moore's film. I think he's a good player, man. I don't – I mean, he's rated as like a top 50 player by like one or two platforms. I'm just like, man, I don't I don't see that. Yeah. Just, just me. Based, based upon what you – conversations with you and Brian have led me to believe that Harry might have been right on this one. And to go to the first part of the question, is there going to be a shift in the philosophy? Yes. Yes, uh, Harry's style of coaching is, I mean, it's different. But what it does build is it builds a camaraderie. Yeah. Like, Harry's about we move as a unit on and off the field, right? And you feel that on the field. And honestly, kudos to them because it was that unit that really turned the season around, in my right. opinion. Right. They, they took ownership. And they said, we're going to have to dominate. We're, we're going to have to step up and become the most dominant unit on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, you want to push back on certain games, that's fine. But that's what they did. From a recruiting yeah. standpoint, I think the next head coach, you don't want a guy, I'll be honest, I would rather have a guy that has a plan and recruits to that plan regardless of stars. Yeah. And <laughs> – and like where a guy ranks, like a guy that's going to find a Sam Pendleton, right? Because the Charles Jagasaws are easy to see. That's yes. no brainer. Every, everybody sees it. Everybody yeah. in the world can see Charles Jagasaw is going to be good. Dude, like, I saw I saw him in person one time, and I'm like, yep, exactly, <laughs> yep. exactly. Like everybody can see that. So, no, I, I would prefer an old line coach that can come in that can teach that can continue the legacy of everyone being on one accord and that room sticks together and has a relationship. And then from that, you know, recruits to the vision that he has rather than to the stars in the recruiting service. Right. And that I understand why Ian Moore didn't get an offer. It didn't fit the vision. Didn't say he wasn't a good enough player to be in Notre Dame. He just didn't fit Harry Heastan's vision. It's always my it's always been my stance and it continues to be my stance. I think Ian Moore could be a good football player at Notre Dame at guard. I believe that the 2024 class needs to be more tackle laden than guards play. If you have a four man class and just take two guards in this class, I think Ian Moore, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's just it's functionally what Notre Dame needs. They need yeah. the Gerby Lambert types, right? Like they need guys that are for sure offensive tackles. Yeah. Some people are projecting him more as a tackle. I just don't see that. I think he's a yeah. really good guard at the college level. There's nothing now, wrong with that. Brandon Prinzer has, um, I guess from a public perception standpoint, you could say, look, it's bad for the biggest school in Indiana not to offer what is perceived as the best lineman in the state of Indiana. That might be a five star. Okay, if you're looking at it from that standpoint, that's fine. Sure, sure. You know, but goes back to what Ryan said. Like, if you don't want him, and you're scared that he's going to go ahead and commit, if you go ahead and offer, you you, you just can't offer. You know, well, and, and, and it, exactly. I mean, if he was if he wasn't a take, 
you offer him, and then he's like, "Oh, awesome! I want to come." And then you're right. like, uh, "You can't right now." <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like, ah, uh, we still want Gerby Lambert, and we still yes. want these other guys. That is, that's the biggest issue. That's the biggest issue, you know. Right. So that's the tough part, man. That is right because you don't, you don't. I think Blake Fisher. Big difference between Blake Fisher and Ian Moore. <laughs> from a film standpoint. So you think <laughs> Charles Jagasaw and Ian Moore. Which is funny because Ian Moore is currently ranked higher on a couple platforms than Charles Jagasaw was by two or three platforms, which oh, is just that's, hysterical. That's that's comical. Yeah. That's comical. Yeah, it's really funny. Really funny. All right, moving on to another one. Uh Brian Hockney asks, Will we get to see your interviews with Jason Robinson Jr.? Uh, Brian, unfortunately not. Those were so I had interviews with Jason and his mother, Mickey, who they were both phone interviews. So I did not record those. They were not podcast interviews. I hope I mean, I'll say this. If Jason Robinson does end up with Notre Dame, I'm sure there's a good chance that I might be able to get with him on a podcast, which would be awesome. But for now, it was just a couple phone interviews. But uh, if you all want to check out those pieces, I had two uh, interviews with him, two articles I wrote, I should say. One was about his decommitment from USC and why that happened now. What was the reasoning behind it and his family kind of behind him on, on the, on the move. And then his affiliation and his admiration for the Notre Dame staff is kind of what those were about. So I hope you enjoy those. If you did get a chance to read them. This question from Anthony Manzano. Is there a certain type of linebacker that you guys feel fits the Notre Dame defense in terms of the middle linebacker position specifically? Uh, Sean, I guess the question is asking like, what fits a middle linebacker, right? So I think in, immediately, comparative to a will linebacker, anyway, we'll talk. We'll just compare the two inside linebackers. The Mike linebacker is a little sturdier, a little bit more mass than a will. Will can be a little more high cut sometimes, a little bit more of a rangier linebacker. The middle linebacker is really playing in more tight confines, right? Tackle to tackle is usually where the Mike is is working. He's yeah. obviously the communicator of the middle of the defense. He's setting stuff up. He's helping guys get in proper positioning, all that great stuff, making sure that everybody's on the same page. That's kind of what the mic does. Physically, you want to have a little more thump to your behind your pads. You want to be able to transition downhill quickly. You can be quick <clears throat> in areas, but more than anything, you want to be powerful. You want to be downhill and a communicator. Those are pretty much the biggest things, Anthony. I mean, body types can be anywhere from – and I've seen middle linebackers that are 6'1", 225 pounds, like the Roquan Smiths of the world. Or there could be some that are 6'3", 255, like the Leo Schnalls of the world. Like different body types, obviously. Can function the same way. It's more about style, right? Physical, downhill, communicator. Those are the things for middle linebacker for me. You know what I like about my middle linebackers? I need them to be instinctive, Right. I don't like middle linebackers that cannot get off blocks or either defeat blocks. Have to by, be physical, man. Have to be by, physical. Yep. By beating the linemen to their spots. And it's so tricky now, Ryan. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm very empathetic to linebackers in today's game because when you get these smart offensive coordinators that give you a lot of window dressing pre-snap and at the snap, your ability to be able to identify – which comes from watching film and then react 
And then your eyes also tell everyone else pre-snap what's going on and what to look for. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot, you know. And offenses today, you know, back in the day, you had a fullback, had a running back. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's going here, it's going there, you know. Yes. But now, uh, on the interior for these linebackers, they, it is a lot. It's a lot to look at. You can just look at the Super Bowl. And a lot of window see, dressing, man. A lot oh, of window and, dressing. Andy yeah. Reid did a lot to the linebackers of the Eagles. He did a lot to them, man. So as much yeah. as people want to talk about what the Chiefs were able to do, it's it's a tough task. So I would I would love if I could have a hybrid of Jalen and Manti in the middle. Sure. <laughs> Be a pretty good player. <laughs> man. Man. I'm I'm not asking for too much. I'm not asking for too much. (laughs) If you give me a hybrid of those two, that's that's your perfect interior linebacker. For real, for real. Yep, yep. Different and those. That's a great conversation too. To your point, Sean, because those are two very different football players, but they can function in the same same spot. spot. Yes, just going to look differently. Yeah, but the fundamentals are still the same. Yeah, still the same. Yeah. Last question we're going to get to here because we got to get out of here for today. Mister Two Point said, "Mailbag." Sean could see it, but Ryan, but Brian, excuse me, Brian Driscoll did not. So Ryan, are Pop Tarts raviolis? I say yes. I, I answered this actually, Mister Two in the chat. They are one hundred percent raviolis. One hundred percent. When you ask me what a ravioli is, it's two layers that are put together with a filling inside. It's a ravioli, man. It's a ravioli. Pop Tarts are ravioli. People are really upset that we agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's, that's it, man. It's, it's all for fun, man. Yes, sir. It's it is a hundred percent a ravioli. Don't overthink it. It's a ravioli. Do you don't eat yours? It. You eat do you eat yours cold? Pop tarts? Yeah, I do. I don't really do? toast them ever. Yeah. I just eat them. Okay. I'm I'm a strawberry pop tart guy. Facts. Let's do it back. Facts. Yeah. Do it quick. Facts. All right, fellas. Well, appreciate you all and ladies. My apologies. I always do that. I'm going to do it better with that. Okay. I'm going to do better. Thank you all so much for joining the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Before you leave, you can please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell. Five star reviews are always very much appreciated. Thank you for joining our linebacker section of the podcast here today, as well as hitting the mailbag. Look forward to seeing you all again next week. I'll be back with Brian Driscoll tomorrow and the rest of the week on the regular uh, edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. We'll also, of course, have IB Nation Sports Talk tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern time with Mr. Sean Styers. with Jesse Styers is on tonight with Vince. So make sure you check in on that as well. So for Sean, I am Ryan. Thank you all so much for joining the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.